0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Wolves. Today on the show, we're going to talk all about the Anthony Edwards extension. He's locked up for five more years after this one. Uh, I want to hit some of the high points there. Plus, the impact of the new additions, the, the signings from Friday when free agency opened on the Wolves rotation. And ultimately, what's that impact on Kyle Anderson, who was one of the Wolves' best players last season, arguably the best free agent signing in Wolves history. What's his role this season? We're going to break it all down on the show. Welcome in. You are locked Wolves. Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Happy 4th of July Happy Independence Day in the United States. Hopefully, you're having a fantastic holiday weekend. And uh, hopefully, we're able to extend that weekend through Monday and into today. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at PrizePix. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com promo code locked on a big thank you first of all for making lockdown wolves your first listen every day of course this show is free and available everywhere that includes youtube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms wherever you like to listen to podcasts you can find this one you can also watch the show on the lockdown sports minnesota app on both roku and amazon fire tv you can follow on twitter at lockdown t wolves and also at b beacon that's with two b's two e's ck all right so today we have to start with the Anthony Edwards extension. Obviously, that's the big news from Monday, uh, kind of midday Monday. It was reported, I, I think Adrian Wojnarowski, Shamsrani and then also John Krasinski locally all had it at about the same time. Ant's agent confirmed it with a statement the team has not, as of this recording, announced uh, that it is, it is for sure happening, but we know that it is based on Ant and his agent and all these fine uh, reporters that have reported the news. So it's a five-year maximum extension for Anthony Edwards. I'm just going to hit this real quick. There really isn't a whole lot to say other than congrats to Ant, congrats to the Wolves, congrats to all of us who follow the team, cover the team, who are fans of the team. This uh, was a really, like it was going to happen. Uh, But you know, three years ago, maybe like coming out of his rookie season, maybe there could have been some, or I guess that would have been two years ago, like with the Gerson Rosas was in charge at the time. That summer, the Wolves were a disaster. Uh Rosas leaving, and then eventually Saunders being fired. Then, you know, um, or actually I got that backwards. Saunders being fired, Finch coming, then Rosas leaving, just the disaster of that that summer. Fast forward to now, five year max deal, it's at least two hundred and like fifteen, two hundred and twenty million, up to two sixty, depending on if he makes an all-NBA team and then some other incentives in there. Uh, but if he makes an all-NBA team this season, that ratchets up the total earning potential of the deal. So good on Ant to get it done also, or to land the deal also um, important to point out that there is no option at all on this deal. So the Timberwolves do not need to worry about a player option in year five. Like we've seen some teams have to fork over to, to get a deal done. Um, it's in line with like the Pacers extending Tyrese Halberton and the Hornets extending Lamelo ball. Same idea, right? So it's that uh, it's that so-called, I think it's the, the Rose, um, the Rose extension, essentially, so it could be up to thirty percent of the team's cap, up to that two hundred sixty million, versus twenty five percent of regular max, and we've seen some players sign those uh, here recently. Um, I'm blanking on who just did the other day. Um, ah, man, it's escaping me. But anyway, it, good on Ant, good on the Wolves to get this done. All really positive news. Um, some other minor Timberwolves notes to get out of the way because uh, they're 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 minor in, in the scheme of the team, but they're national you know, tidbits that have the Wolves involved. Carl Theddy Towns, uh, or I should say the Damian Lillard trade request is now a thing. And of course, there were a number of teams that have checked in. And uh, Chris Haynes was out there talking about several teams that had checked in um, on him, including the Pelicans, Celtics, obviously Miami. We know Dame wants to go to Miami. He also mentioned the Timberwolves, but said that the the idea of, of a cat trade for Damon Lillard was quickly eliminated by the Blazers. And apparently there'd been some reporting to, su- to suggest that Dame had said he didn't want to play with cat anyway. I can't recall where I saw that, which I, that's important who sourced that, but somebody had said that uh, out there. So all that to say, really unlikely, like well less than a 1% chance that there's any sort of a trade for Damon Lillard. So I don't want to spend any more time on that. I don't think it's realistic, uh, but until it ha- until like a Dame trade happens, Um, you know, I guess it's still technically possible. It just seems really, really unlikely. Uh, but just know the Wolves checked in, which is, you know, what they need to do. Uh, also the Timberwolves hired an assistant coach. This was actually before free agency, but, um, it, Just with everything going on late last week, I didn't get to it, but Corliss Williamson, of course, longtime NBA player who had been an assistant a couple of times with, I think, two different stints with Sacramento, which is where he spent a lot of his career, among other places. He'd coached high school, he'd coached college, uh, but he's been out of the league for a couple of years. Corliss Williamson has apparently been added to Chris Finch's staff. No news yet on what exactly the staff looks like next year? So not sure if there's just another coach or if somebody's leaving, but we'll cover all that when we get closer to training camp. So those are kind of the the quick hitters off the top. The big news still is is uh, the free agency signings from last Friday: re-signing De'K Alexander Walker to the two year deal, um, and then signing Troy Brown Jr. and signing Shake Milton to two year contracts each. With. Uh, with team options, actually, for both of those, for for Shake Milton and for Troy Brown Jr. in year two. The Alexander Walker deals just a straight two for, it was nine for him and 10 for Milton and two for eight for Troy Brown. So again, value signings for the Wolves. And I talked about this a lot on Monday show. So if, if you miss Monday, go back and listen to it. I talked pretty extensively about the value of the contracts and also backfilling some of the things that are missing when you let Torian Prince and and ultimately Jalen Noel go. Of course, Prince already with the Lakers, Noel's still an unrestricted free agent, but he won't be back. The Wolves backfilled some of that defense, um, and I would argue improved defensively, certainly subtracting Noel and adding in a couple of, of I would say, plus defenders um, in, in Troy Brown and uh, um, well, I guess re-adding Nikki Alexander-Walker. And even if Shake Milton's not a plus defender, he's better than Jalen Noel, which isn't a very high bar, frankly. But uh, the Wolves improved defensively. They improved their rebounding. They, at the very least, kind of stayed flat with their shooting, right? Noel was the, if you take those five players, and it's not this clean, but like if you want to just look at it this way, take those five players, right? Prince and Noel are gone. Alexander Walker stays. You add Milton and Brown. And Noel's the worst shooter of the five. He's the worst defender of the five. You've upgraded that spot, right? Um, I think that's all really important. I also want to point out here, before we get too deep into the actual roles, along those lines, not only did the Wolves improve in these categories, shooting, defense, uh, or at least stayed flat, but I would argue improved shooting, Um, overall improved defensively, improved on the glass. They improved their overall depth by getting rid of two guys who, and bringing in three, right, who are all better than Noel. Um, also, if you go back and look at the lineup data from last year, 22 of the Timberwolves' worst 25 three man lineups, uh, any lineup, any three man lineup that played at least 20 minutes together, which is a little arbitrary, but like you could, you know, play with that number in either direction and come up with a similar, um, with a similar conclusion, but I sorted three man lineups, net rating at at stats at NBA dot com. Um twenty minutes or more for a three man lineup. Twenty two of the twenty five worst three man lineups I'm not even talking five man lineups. Three man lineups involve players that just aren't on the team anymore. That is a huge win. Uh and, and it's maybe not surprising but like you go on down the list there's a lot of Brent Forbes there obviously he was Really bad before the Wolves uh, waved him midseason. A lot of Jalen Noel in there. In fact, what uh, five of the bottom six lineups all involved Jalen Noel and four of the bottom six involved Bryn Bryn Forbes. Um, But like some of these lineups also have Anthony Edwards, right? Because we're just talking about lineups that the Wolves played a lot of minutes with. So there's some in here that had Ants, there's some in here that had McDaniels, there's some in here that had Towns, there's some that have Gobert. But like and I say that to point out that like these aren't simply like uh you know blowout lineups, garbage time lineups. These are just lineups that were used a bunch throughout the season. But twenty-two of the worst twenty-five all had at least one player that we know won't be back with the team last year. A lot of you know, I said a lot of Noel, a lot of Forbes, uh a decent amount of D'Angelo Russell, a little bit of Torian Prince. So The Wolves have already improved those roles. And you can't sit here... I mean, like, Torian Prince is a good player. I'm not at all diminishing what Torian Prince did with the Wolves. But some of the guys that won't be back were not good. Jalen Noel, Brent Forbes. um, I mean, those would be the two most obvious ones. Austin Rivers is another name that you see a lot on these lineups. And they've already improved them with players that were better than those guys last year. And Troy Brown Jr., Shake Melton, both good players on good teams. Philadelphia, a really good team in the regular season. Obviously, had some playoff success, too. Troy Brown Jr., uh, in and out of the lineup streaky sure but the lakers and the lakers also were streaky throughout the year but they finished in the conference finals right so two players that played rotation minutes for much of the season on good teams that are upgrades over Bryn forbes austin rivers Jalen noel and to a lesser extent you know I, you could argue of all those players torian prince is the best all-around player you could make that argument um but again collectively the depth piece the depth pieces, the overall improvement that the Wolves roster is undergoing with these moves, that matters. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about that. And then I want to get specifically into the Kyle Anderson role and what this rotation could look like for Chris Finch as we move into the season. So we'll do that here next. Today's episode of Dead Wolves is brought to us by our title sponsors over at Prize Picks. If you're not familiar with prize picks, it's really easy to play. It's the best daily fantasy site that's out there. You just pick two to six players, and if they'll score more or less than their prize picks projection, it's not just basketball. Um, it's it's really any sport. So, I mean, WNBA. Uh, I should say it's not just NBA. It's also WNBA, college basketball, when it's ongoing. Baseball. Baseball. Um, Like call it really any college sports, disc golf, European basketball, you name it. It's at prize picks. You can win up to 25 times your money and you're not competing against other people either. It's just you versus the projections available. Entries can be made in less than 60 seconds. It really is that easy. Download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100.00. With the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, they will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at signup for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, a reminder to Everydayers. First of all, a big thank you to Everydayers, but we're still daily throughout the month of July, and uh, that, of course, includes the rest of this week. We'll talk Summer League later in the week. I still want to talk a little more draft, uh, rookies at least, and I guess Summer League will give us the chance to do that, but some more stuff that I've kind of dug up on on Leonard Biller and, and what a steal a lot of people think he is. We didn't really get a chance because we launched right into free agency last week, so I want to do a little more of that. And talk about the Wolves uh, Summer League entry as well. So that'll be a a big bulk of the next couple of weeks. Uh, But anyway, we're still daily throughout the month of July, so a big thank you to those who are on board daily. All right. Uh, Continuing the conversation about the Timberwolves' depth uh, and how it's improved, again, 22 of the Wolves' worst 25 three-man lineups involve guys that we know will not be on the team again next year. And I've said this before, but the difference, I said this a lot last summer, the difference between bad, like Below average, bad to average and passable is very similar to average, uh, the difference between average and very good or great, right? Um, now, there's exceptions, of course, like generational players are that's an outlier, right? That's by definition, that's what they are. They're a generational player, they're an outlier. But if you look at like everybody else in the league and you go from unplayable guys who are having to play as your seventh, eighth, ninth guy in the rotation and replace them with solid NBA caliber, rotation caliber players that deserve to see the floor for a contending team, that difference is effectively the same as going from solid players to really good players. Um, And the Wolves, I would argue, are doing that. Now, but coming into last season here's the problem is nothing ever plays out exactly like you think it's going to on paper, right? Um, Coming into last season, we thought Jalen Noel was an above-average rotation player based on what he had done the year prior. We were wrong. I was wrong. Jalen Noel was not good last season. There's no two ways about that. But removing his minutes and removing any minutes that were played— and I know Bryn Forbes and Austin Rivers were effectively 10th, 11th, 12th guys, depending on the time of year on the roster anyway. Like, they weren't supposed to be seeing rotation minutes— They were still depth guys forced into rotation minutes, replacing them with the likes of Shake Milton, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Troy Brown Jr., and then elevating guys who I would project out to be uh, better just by virtue of their athleticism and activity level, like a Josh Minot or potentially Leonard Miller, uh, potentially Wendell Moore Jr. These guys are all going to be upgrades over what the Wolves trotted out last season at the end of their bench or or really kind of that mid-end of bench the, the guys who, in a perfect world, are getting a DNP CD or just playing garbage time minutes. But over the course of the season, Mike Conley's going to sit out 10, 15 games at least. Um, Ant's going to probably sit out a couple of games. Uh, Rudy's going to sit out a couple of games here and there. You're going to have bumps and bruises. Kyle Anderson has back spasms, right? How many games did he miss last year? Like, you need this depth, even if they're not part of your typical 10-man rotation. Because I said this on Monday's show, your rotation, Mike Conley, Anthony Edwards, Jade McDaniels, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert. That is a really good starting five. Your next five is also really solid. Um, the, the Wolves don't really have a quote-unquote backup point guard. Shake Milton, I guess, if you're looking, if you are doing a two-deep depth chart, would be that if you're talking about your next five. Shake Milton, um, Troy Brown Jr., Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Kyle Anderson, Nas, Reed in the front court. And of course, your staggering rotations, we'll get more in the weeds on that as we get further into the offseason, we get closer to the season, like actual minutes break, breakdowns, like how many minutes is Nas going to play next to Kat? How many minutes will he play next to Rudy? Um, how many minutes will he play next to Kyle Anderson in a smaller lineup? I, we're going to talk a little about that today related to Kyle Anderson, but we'll get like really in-depth on this. Like How many minutes will Kat see and how many of those minutes will be at the four versus potentially at the five? We'll do that with Nas. We'll do that with Kyle Anderson. We'll do it with some of these other guys as well. Uh, but the flexibility that Chris Finch has in the top 10 of his rotation, um, or, or I guess that is the rotation, the top 10 of his, his roster is really, really strong. And if Jordan McLaughlin is your 11th guy, if Josh Minot is effectively your 11th guy, like that's a pretty good rotation. Um, and there's gonna be some nights where there's guys hurt, there's foul trouble, there's matchups where you really feel like, Hey, we need McLaughlin to operate the second unit, or we need Josh minus energy, his do stuff, um, ability, uh, I should really make that do stuff ability. Is that what make that one word, one phrase? Um, like there's gonna be nights where that matters more. Um, and, and that's just an example of how this roster has already improved so much. Let's talk a little bit more specifically about Kyle Anderson, because, Slomo was one of the best players on the Timberwolves last season. There's no there's no two ways about it. And and I know there were plenty of articles written about how he potentially was the best uh free agent signing in Timberwolves history last season, and you could make that argument. Like as and I know that, you know, fans who look at rate-based stats are gonna be like, ah, oh, he averaged nine points and five rebounds last year. What are you talking about? Well, I mean, he was one of the best players on the Timberwolves last season. Like, where would the Wolves have been without Kyle Anderson? They would have been below 500, I'll tell you that much, because he stepped in and started what did he start 46 games last year played in 69 games started 46 for the wolves mainly because of the Carl Anthony Town's injury and I, like you would argue besides besides maybe like a win healthy cat um and, and you know talk about Anthony Edwards who else was the best player on the wolves like it was ant and it was kind of Kyle Anderson, like Rudy Gobert was a little bit disappointing. Cat was disappointing when he was healthy. Mike Conley only played 24 games in the regular season in a Wolves uniform. He was fantastic in a two Wolves uniform, by the way, but like, he's certainly in the top three or four players on the Wolves roster last year. And by default started 46 games. He actually finished fourth on the Wolves in minutes played behind Ant, Jaden McDaniels and Rudy Gobert. Each of those guys played at least 70 games. Kyle Anderson played in 69 games and was fourth in minutes played. So, What's his role look like? Because he he isn't going to be a starter, right? We already talked about, obviously, who the starters are, assuming everybody's healthy. Uh, McDaniels is healthy now. Cat's healthy. Um, You know, Kyle Anderson's going to be your sixth man. He's going to be your sixth man that ideally plays the four, but you also just signed Nas Reed to this big deal. Last year, the Wolves started the season with Kyle Anderson effectively as the backup four. So you saw Cat play... You know, two thirds the game at the four, and then for a third of the game he'd slide to the five. Rudy would sit on the bench, maybe not a third of the game, maybe a third of his minutes, I should say. Cats at the five, uh, Rudy's on the bench, and Anderson at the four. And Nas was a DNPCD in what six of the first fifteen games, or whatever stat I cited the other day. What does that look like now? Now that you're giving Nas Reed fourteen million a year for the next two to three years, uh, that's going to look a little different. Nas Reed needs those minutes. That means he's your backup four. Cat's still your backup five. Kyle Anderson. There's gonna be scraps left over in the front court for Kyle Anderson, but he's going to play. So that means he's gonna play the three. Now, over the course of his career, Kyle Anderson's teams have been less effective at him at the small forward spot. Um, and I would argue he played more three when he was younger, like earlier in his career with San Antonio. Uh, when he did a little bit of it in Memphis, they were not successful. And I think part of that is is because well, he is a good defender, a very versatile defender. Uh there's threes that can beat him off the dribble, and he's also not traditionally a great shooter. He had a very good shooting year, um, not a volume shooter, but percentage-wise a good shooting year this year, a career shooting year in Minnesota. But because he's not a, a true floor spacer, he's not a catch-and-shoot three-point guy, you know, at least not doesn't have that reputation, and he's not a lockdown one-on-one defender on guards and, and smaller threes, those minutes aren't going to be as positive with Kyle Anderson at the three. So I want to look a little bit at the lineup data from last year. With Kyle Anderson and where he saw some of his success, what the Wolves lineups could look like this year with Kyle Anderson um, and and how Chris Finch finds a way to have successful Kyle Anderson minutes while still playing Nasri at Carlton Towns, Rudy Gobert as much as he'd like to. So we'll do all that here next. All right, so Kyle Anderson's minutes last year, the vast majority of them came at the four for Chris Finch and the Wolves, and that is his, um, that's his his—that's his best position, right? We've already established that. There's plenty of data that points to him playing better at the four for his career. Last season, when he played at the three, well, actually, let me say it this way. The vast majority of his possessions came at the four. We know that, right? Um, in fact, let me see if I can find that. I have the percentage here somewhere like the percentage of his minutes and it depends on where you go. So according to basketball reference, 90% of Kyle Anderson's minutes last year came at the four, 2% came at center and 8% came at the three. That's probably about right. I looked at a couple different sites and that's kind of the, the quickest, sturdiest way to look at this, but I think it's fair to say 90% of his minutes came at the four. Um, overall, in limited possessions, he the Wolves actually weren't bad with him at the three. In fact, when he played the three with Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert, the Wolves actually had a plus four point four net rating. It was only about one hundred and fifty possessions, which is a drop in the bucket, um, like compared to his whole season. That's like a couple percentages, a couple percentage points of his total uh, totality of possessions that Kyle Anderson played on the floor. So this is, again, this is Kyle Anderson at the three with Cat at the four, Rudy at the five. They were a net plus 4.4 and 150 possessions. We're going to see some of that this year. Uh, I mean, like if McDaniels is in early foul trouble, like you better believe if this is not a pie in the sky scenario. If you watch the Timberwolves last year, Jaden McDaniels picking up three fouls in the first or two fouls in the first four minutes is a very plausible scenario. I think Kyle Anderson is your first sub off the bench and he's going to play the three. The Wolves will just see what happens. Like... No, he's not Jade McDaniels at the point of attack, but he's a solid team defender. He's long. He's smart. He's a solid rebounder at the three. Actually a better rebounder than Jade McDaniels at the three. So you put him there, you see what happens. I think that sample size is small enough that you could convince me either way. Like we don't know until the wolves try it. And clearly on some level, the wolves are comfortable with it. If they thought this was a a no win situation, they may have thought differently about a Nas extension. Now, of course, the counter there is Anderson's only got one year on his deal, so you don't make a long-term decision based on one season of a guy um, like Kyle Anderson, who like they could always trade him at the deadline, right? If that doesn't work out, I think it's pretty unlikely, but that's an option, right? Like Every team in the league probably has called the Wolves, I don't know this, but they probably all called the Wolves about Kyle Anderson, right? Um, teams are interested in Kyle Anderson. We, ha- we saw those reports at the deadline. So if the Wolves ever wanted to pivot there, they could, and I'm not saying that's what they're going to do, But I want to be clear that that that's always an option if this doesn't work out. Now, there's less possessions that Kyle Anderson played with Gobert and Nas Reed. And Towns off the floor, those were a little less successful. And even less possessions that he played with Towns and Reed with Gobert off the floor. And those were even less successful. It's all small sample. He barely played the three in Timberwolves lineups last year. And so that really, we just don't know what this is going to look like. But it's going to have to happen. Now, to be clear, things are never like I said this earlier, things never play out exactly how you want them to on paper. I already listed the Wolves' top 10 players. We know there's going to be injuries. We know there's going to be a ton of nights where it's going to be Jaden McDaniels, it could be Carl Anthony Towns, it could be Rudy. All three of those guys are foul-prone. If one of them hits the bench early with two fouls, well, Nas Reid steps up and plays more at the the four and maybe plays the backup five. Like, say Cat gets into foul trouble, Nas comes in as your backup four, he slides to the five when Cat takes a breather and Rudy's in foul trouble, And then Kyle Anderson plays the four and you're back to what the Wolves were doing for a lot of last year anyway. So you're only one person in foul trouble or one injury away from things being right back to how they were before. And now you have a guy, Kyle Anderson, who's a four that can play the three because of your roster crunch. Uh, Nas, who's a five, who can play the four because of your roster crunch, Um, self-inflicted roster crunch. Yes, but the point is the overall depth is better. And the Wolves' depth at each individual position is better. Chris Finch wants a versatile rotation. He wants a versatile roster, and he's got that. That's pretty typical in today's NBA. Um, But this is a truly flexible roster now that that we see. Like, the Wolves came into last year. Jordan McLaughlin was the backup point guard. And he's a point guard. He doesn't play anything else, right? He can't really play off the ball because of his size. He can't defend bigger players. That kind of pigeonholes you. Jalen Noel was a two that could play a little point. But he wasn't going to play the three. You weren't going to have him defend the three. You And if you had the two of them on the floor together, you were limited defensively. Torian um, Prince was best cast as a small ball four or a three. He wasn't great at guarding twos. And effectively, now, you've replaced him with two players. Well, really, three. And Alexander Walker, Troy Brown, and Shake Milton. Collectively, they're replacing Prince and Noel. Um and you just improve your versatility. You improve the, the the different types of lineups you can throw out there. We'll talk a little bit more about rotations and specific minute allocations, like I alluded to earlier. But like, what's Troy Brown's role look like? Uh, I mean, he's primarily a three, but you also have to kill Alexander Walker, who I guess will mostly play the two. Um, but is there room for all these guys in the rotation on a nightly basis? The answer is probably not. Like, I think Chris Finch probably wants a nine man rotation, so one of these guys may end up out of it for more than a few minutes a game. But again, over the course of the season, we're going to see so many different takes on this lineup that the name of the game is versatility and true depth and, and veteran depth. Again, Troy Brown Jr., rotation minutes on a Western Conference Finals team last year. Shake Milton has played five seasons for the Philadelphia 76ers, and they've been really good over the past five years. And yeah, there's been times where he's been out of the rotation, but he's been a, a mainstay for five years for a good team. Nikki Alexander-Walker, we saw his worth in the playoffs last year guarding Jamal Murray in the play-in game, especially guarding Shea Gilgis alexander Kyle Anderson has this experience. Now all these Wolves players have playoff experience except for the rookies. So there's no question this roster's improved and the depth is improved. Uh, the, the The main question is, what are these lineups? And it's going to be so hard to see this early because there'll be such a small sample and the data won't be very clear early in the season. But Kyle Anderson at the three will, is probably my number one storyline um, if I had to like just look at this roster now and tell you what am I watching most uh, early in the season about this roster and the rotation, it's Kyle Anderson minutes at the three. Because he was one of your most effective two or three players throughout the year last year, consistent players. And you're asking him to play a position where traditionally he's not as impactful at the three. And you have a big lineup, you want to play big. What does this look like? Because if you take one of your best players from last year and you put them in a position where they're not going to be one of your best players and you hurt some of your lineups that were your best last year, That, I mean, that's a, that's a tough look, right? Kyle Anderson's best lineups last year. A lot of them were, um, like I said, 90% of his minutes came at the four, right? He had some good lineups where he was with Gobert. Um, he had some good lineups where he was with Nas Reed. Um, but oftentimes it was when he was at the four, almost all the time. It was when he was at the four. So what does this look like next year? Let's keep an eye on that in the fall. And it's something we'll revisit with frequency and certainly will come up again here later in the offseason. Uh, the rest of the week, again, we'll get into some summer league stuff because um, that's about to happen. So believe it or not, we're right into that. We'll talk about a, a little more roster talk, too, because uh, Jaylen, like we don't know what kind of contract Jalen Clark is going to sign. Um, we don't know for sure exactly what the contract for Leonard Miller looks like either. But the Wolves still have one two-way slot open. They have the two roster spots open. So there's always the possibility that, say, it would more likely be Jalen Clark than Leonard Miller. But say Jalen Clark signs a two-way, then you still have a roster spot you could bring back on Austin Rivers if you wanted to or whoever else on a vet minimum deal. Um, Or you just sign him to a deal. Like, obviously, he's out until at least January and you could sign somebody else to a two-way. So the Wolves may keep some of that flexibility for a little while, but that's something to keep an eye on as technically the Wolves still have that roster spot to sort out. Um, so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Summer League. Uh, we'll talk about you know some of this other minutes allocation here. And again, we're daily through the rest of the month. So plenty to get to and, and uh, plenty that we will cover here at Lockdown Wolves. So big thank you to those of you who do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, This show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can follow on Twitter at T Wolves and also at Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.